freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to episode number 74 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And I am one of your hosts who's still, I think, maybe a little tired. I hear the sound of my own voice today. Uh, Of course, we were in uh, Las Vegas last weekend for the huge firearms industry convention. Weekend? Well, entire week, right? I think (laughs) that's about right. The SHOT Show. And I I think we're still trying to recover. And so many people that we we met while we were there and friends of ours, I'm seeing their Facebook page. It was like, I've got the SHOT Show crud. And I don't think I have that. I think I'm I'm just still a little fatigued and and need a good long... uh, rest over not this weekend we're busy this weekend too but we'll we'll eventually find a time and i am one of your hosts cheryl dot and i'm dan todd we have a great show today the theme is it's not the gun again steel come on cheryl <laughs> isn't that great i don't know it, it's great and okay. i will tell you why our theme today is it's not the gun again still We're borrowing today's theme from the title of an article written by Grant Cunningham, who is one of our guests today. Every time the rights restrictors want to grab attention or dominate the headlines or create a cloud of confusion so they can work within that smokescreen, I want you to think of Grant's words. It's not the gun. Again, still. And see how it reframes reframes the entire debate. Take the gun out of the conversation. Can we still find things that well-meaning people can work on to better mankind? Yes, we certainly and absolutely can. Take the gun out of the verbiage of the rhetoric. Will we still see people doing terrible things to their fellow man? Yes, sadly, we will. So how do we get so focused on the gun? And why do we call ourselves pro or anti-gun? What other tool do we use this kind of jargon about? If you prefer to drive places over walking, are you pro or anti-car? Do we have people who rely on firewood, for example, to heat their homes? Uh, Do they divide themselves into pro or anti-axe coalitions? I mean, if they do, which would be weird and odd, the anti-tool groups, do they try to force and shame everyone else to just let the professional lumberjacks supply them with wood? It all just sounds so silly when we begin to say what we really mean, which is that Aren't we really, at the core of the conversation, truly pro or anti-rights? 
give that some thought. Begin to say what you really mean and mentally adjust the words of the, the politicians and the media as they spout and spew piles of words day after day. It just might make a difference to this and future generations as we pass our knowledge and our wisdom and our values and our rights to our children and our children's children. Dan? Wow. That woke me up. <laughs> That's a little deep. Yes, it was. But I love Grant's title. And I, I, you know, made me think, well, what does he mean again and still? And so it's just kind of where it, it branched from. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to having him on the show. You want to let everybody know who's coming on Actually, besides Grant? Grant Cunningham is an author and teacher in the area of self-defense, personal safety, and home and family defense. He's written several best-selling books on handguns and defense shooting, including the newest book, Protect Yourself with Your Stub-Nose Revolver. Awesome. Now, again, he is the, <coughs> the author of the article, and the whole title of the article is The Fort Lauderdale Attack. He's going to be talking to us about that airport, uh, the murders that took place in the airport in Florida. And so he said the Fort Lauderdale Attack, it's not the gun again and still. So it's going to be very interesting. Yes. We also have Rick Travis. He's a program director of the California Rifle and Pistol Association. Boy, they're on the front lines, aren't they? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I, I can't believe how much they have to go through right now. Our second hour, we have John Harris. He served in the Army and has combined over 30 years of law enforcement in the law enforcement community. He's also served abroad as a contract canine handler for the USG in Afghanistan. John wrote the recent article for OpsLens.com. That deals with how to survive a home invasion. Everybody needs to listen to that. Mm-hmm, for sure. We have Bill Whittle. He's an um, American conservative blogger, political commentator, director, screenwriter, editor, author, and the voice of the common sense resistance. He has been known for his PJ Media internet videos and short films. Bill just posted a firewall video blog called Fake News. Yes, and I love all of our guests that come on, and so if I ever say, oh, I'm extra excited that, that this person or that person comes on, I definitely don't mean any slight to others. But uh, Bill Whittle is just, you know, so prolific. Pro- prolific. He's just, he's done so many different things, and he's he's about the Constitution. He's about our, our rights, uh, gun rights, any rights. <coughs> And uh, I think the first time that I saw him, he was doing a speech as though he was the president. And so he'd kind of probably blue screened it, you know, or green screened it, whatever that is, um, where he was giving a speech and then it would go to show the faces of, you know, the actual legislators uh, at at some big, big meeting. Um, And so it was just a very clever way to do it, and, and it, that particular one was about, um, you know, our gun rights and some of the, the ways that people twist and turn the language to try to vilify those of us that, that value our gun rights. So I am excited that Mr. Bill Whittle is going to be on today's show. I think, actually, because he's got a new show, and uh, let me get the name of it right here. He is going to try to Skype us on his show at the same time that we're interviewing him on our show. So I think that's going to be an awful lot of fun. And let me look at my notes here. Everything's always right where you need it until you need it, right? Um, 
Let's see. I, I don't see the name of it, but I will definitely find it in time. But I think that uh, that should be fun. Okay. So. Well, wait. Tell us about the SHOT Show, Cheryl. I mean, what did you get out of the SHOT Show this year? Oh, my gosh. It's just, it's incredible. It's overwhelming. It's, um, you know, it's about the equipment, which is where I think you spent most of your time. I got to shoot a lot of guns. That was fun. Oh, that's right. We did media day on the range. First time we'd had a chance to do that. Um, and one of our previous guests uh, helped connect us with that. Uh, Kayla, man, I, I didn't have my notes with me today. Well, the bad thing about it is they, you know, all the timing, all the planning they did for that media shoot, and they didn't do anything about the weather. It was cold. <laughs> I can't believe it. Ooh. Everything went so well, yeah. but they didn't fix the weather. Yeah, it was. How, how could they forget that? Oh, uh, well, because we're outside and, you know, Nevada, you never really, I don't know, maybe I don't ever think about it being really cold in Nevada, but uh, it was when cold that and wind windy. blows, ooh. Yeah. you know, the, uh, the guns, they said, no, we're not shooting today. It's too cold, but they did. <laughs> and everything was great. And, you know, it was a media day, but at noon it opened to the public that registered in As advance. retailers. Retailers. So if you are a retailer and you want to get involved in that and you're not media, you can still go to it. You just have to give a really advanced notice because they book that right away. They sell out pretty quick on that. Mm-hmm. But it was fun. We shot a lot of exotic guns. It was just amazing. It was super cool. And so you really spend your time on the equipment and talking with the different manufacturers and distributors uh, for our gun shop, AZ Firearms. And then I spend my time really making connections and networking and, and getting to take a lot of selfies with some really cool people. <laughs> so that means that Cheryl got four feet into the area, and that's as far as she got because she has to talk to everybody there. You know, it, that's that's true. And Dan likes to say if we go into a social gathering and it's going to be about a two-hour gathering, he says, okay, start saying goodbye right now because by the time the thing is over, you'll probably really, you know, get to what you were trying to say, as, which is, right. all right, see you later. And there was 800,000 people at that show, I think, is what they figured. And we met 727,000 of them. <laughs> so it was, it was awesome. It was great. But I feel bad because, like, then on social media, it's always, you know, me with the cool people I'm meeting. And I've got to figure out how to, you know, look, sort of superimpose Dan's face in there, too. Because he was there and he's well, helping. He's just in a different area. Yeah, let's see. Cool people or cool guns? Hmm. Oh, stop it. No, it, it's, it's all, you know, you can't be everywhere. So she has to represent the radio and I have to represent the gun shop. And uh, that's our areas of strength. Well, right. I want to say one thing before we have to run a commercial. So kind of the big announcement this year at SHOT Show was a new coalition, a new com- uh, combining of forces between the NSSF, which is the National Shooting Sports Foundation. They host the SHOT Show and other things. Them and the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And so they had a big press release, and, and it was uh, one of the, the first things that I went to. Um, and I was like, gosh, this is kind of a, a tough way to begin the week. But it's such an important uh, topic. And so why are they joining forces? Well, I think that uh, CEO and president of the NSSF said it the best, Steve Sinetti. He said, you know, he was in the military and they, they just had this bond, this brotherhood uh, and sisterhood of, of the people he served with. And that 
we can do such a better job in our 2A community, our Second Amendment community, and in other areas of our life to really see each other as, as people we rely on and depend on. And we are such a social uh, and community type of um, network our our Second Amendment community. When you go out on the range, you usually go out with friends and pals, and you go hunting, you go out with friends and pals, and just to be more aware of of our circle and the people within our circle. Right now, they're just formulating this coalition. So it's the press release was sort of a kind of came across as a if you see something, say something, you know, and and basically, you know to tune in and notice what's going on with your fellow man and to interrupt. They said that time is the most important thing. If, if somebody is in a, a state of distress, you know, figure out ways to, to put time in there and interrupt any of their, their negative thought processes, uh, mental processes. And, uh, and then they're, they're going to develop a full plan. I'm going to be writing a blog on it about, you know, some of the steps. Okay? So, makes, so if you see what, what, you know, and if you say something, what do you say and who do you say it to? That makes sense because you could be the first line of defense for somebody that's depressed. And if you recognize it, because you're hanging with this guy a lot and you, you know him. So if you recognize something, you could change something and not even know that exactly. it was going to happen. So it's a great idea. Exactly. Um, All right. Well, we have to run to commercial, but when we come back, holy cow, do we have an awesome lineup. Uh, we're going to start right up top with Grant Cunningham right after this. Hi, I'm Paul Lathrop. I'd like to talk with you about the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network. As many of you know, you'll likely have to win two fights if you have to use your gun in self-defense. The first fight is the gunfight itself. The second fight is the fight to clear your good name through the legal system. You don't need to draw your gun to find yourself in a legal battle for your life and freedom. Even if you do everything right, you may still be prosecuted, which could cost you tens of thousands of dollars. The Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network is an official sponsor of the Self-Defense Radio Network, and they will completely take that worry away by giving you financial assistance and legal assistance if you have to use your gun in a legitimate self-defense situation. In my case, it was $12,500 just to get out of jail and get the attorney started. Don't let no overzealous anti-gun prosecutor make your life miserable because you chose to legally defend yourself. Sign up at armedcitizensnetwork.org for only $135 for the first year and discounted renewals. Or you can call 360-978-5200 and just tell them Paul sent you. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband and Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. 
Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And in the, the opening segment, there was two things that I couldn't pull out of my, my tired brain here. And I just want to correct that. The, the Skype, uh, the show that we're going to Skype with Bill Whittle on is called Bill Whittle Live. He does it uh, every morning, I believe. So be sure and check that out because he's going to try to Skype on his show as we are interviewing him on our show. And that will be fun to see how that goes because we've never done that before. And then uh, the wonderful lady that we've had as a guest on our show that helped us to uh, enjoy Media Day on the Range at the SHOT Show, of course, is Kelsey Williams. Duh. Don't know why her name didn't uh, jump to the front of my brain. She is with CMG Marketing and Events. Cheryl didn't know who I was this morning, so we got to give her some credit for that. It <laughs> it has been a run, run, run week, and we can't breathe until uh, Monday because we have our big auction tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Today. Actually, it's today because mm-hmm. we're pre-recording. Mm-hmm. And so the auction is today, and uh, you can go to www.potofgoldestate.com. And see where we're at on the auction today. That's right. We'll be about halfway through by the time you hear this air, but um, you can still make it down if you're in the the West Phoenix area, or you know if you look us up online, you can give us a call. We can't bid live over the phone. No, but, but if you, you see put something in an absentee bid, yeah, you can call in if you see something you want. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and so we did say we're pre-recording today when we're sitting in the studio. It's Thursday, January 26th, and of course this show will air on Saturday, January 28th. So if anything exciting happens between now and then, something we should have mentioned, that's why we didn't mention it. And uh, since we spoke with you last, we have a new president. Everything went smoothly. Uh, should we talk about the crowd size? No. We Can need, we stop talking uh, about the crowd size? We need to get our guests <laughs> on the show right now. We'll have time at the end of the show to talk yes, about that. Yes, sir. All right. Aye, aye. I think that's a great idea. All right. So our theme today is, as I said, it's not the gun again still. And our first guest is Grant Cunningham. And Grant wrote an article with that as the title. And he's uh, also the author and teacher in areas of self-defense, personal safety, and home and family defense. He's written several best-selling books on handguns and defensive shooting, including his newest, Protect Yourself with Your Snub Nose Revolver. He's trained with many nationally and regionally known instructors, teaches classes and workshops all over the United States. And he's also the host of Personal Defense Network's twice-monthly webcast, Training Talk. Are you with us? Yes, I am. Well, welcome to the show, Grant. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate being here. I just wish we had some of your uh, famous Arizona sunshine up here in Oregon. Oh, gosh. What is it like? Are you guys uh, snowing right now? or? Thankfully, that's gone. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad it's gone. Well, oh. we, just, we just got our sunshine. I just wish I lived in Arizona. Oh, we, yes, mm-hmm. for sure. We just got our sunshine. It's been uh, raining for three or four days, so we're happy to see it. So I definitely want to get to the article that I mentioned about the murders that took place inside the Fort Lauderdale um, airport right. and and y- your article that was titled The Fort Lauderdale Attack. It's not the gun again still. But but first, I mean, new book. How do I not start with the excitement of talking about a new book? <laughs> so <laughs> so tell us, tell us. We've got to know. 
Yeah, the, the new book came out actually on uh, on Tuesday of, of this week, a brand new book called Protect Yourself with Your Snub Nose Revolver. And uh, what I wanted to do is I wanted to write sort of the definitive book on using and training with the snub nose revolver as a personal defense tool. The, the, the snubby, as, as people refer to it, has always been sort of the quintessential uh, personal defense tool ever since it, it was invented you know, more than 100 years ago when somebody cut off the barrel of the revolver so they could stick it in their pocket. And uh, it, what I wanted to do is to, is to bring it into the 21st century, talk about how to train with it, to, to use it efficiently and train with it efficiently, and basically put all the stuff into one book that a, that a person really needs to know to be able to use that snub nose to, to protect themselves. So that's what the book is about. Wow, that is so awesome. And I think your timing of releasing it is probably so perfect because, you know, if you'd have done it right before SHOT Show, there's so much, you know, ah, so much noise going on, so many things happening. And, uh, you know, just now when people are getting home from all of that, but they're still hungry for, you know, something new and what's going on out there, I think that that's ideal. So I'm excited. I'll have to get mine ordered ASAP. Well, I, I hope you enjoy it, and, and please do let me know how, how, how you liked it. Uh, I'm always looking for, for great feedback and uh, to, to make my next book even better. I love it. Now, you are a, a professional firearms trainer, and you know you said you, you're kind of wishing you were in Phoenix right now because we have this amazing weather. And I think a little bird told me you might have some classes coming up in the Phoenix area. Yeah, on April 1st and 2nd, I'll be in Phoenix at uh, Phoenix Firearms Training. We'll be out at the Ben Avery Range. Uh, been out there quite a number of times now with Phoenix Firearms Training and teaching my Threat Center Revolver class, which is basically uh, teaching people how to how to use the revolver efficiently. And uh, that'll be, uh, as I said, April 1st and 2nd. So why would you say the revolver... You know, for our, our, our listeners that maybe aren't that proficient with the equipment, right, or maybe they're new to this whole world of, you know, I don't quite know, does, does a gun fit in my life? You know, that sort of thing. So why would, why would you specify revolver over semi-auto? What are the differences in how you're, you're going to be teaching? Well, the, the, the reason that we separate out a revolver class is very simple, that uh, a lot of the, uh, the stuff that we have to do with a revolver, that, that we have to teach with a revolver, is different than what we teach with an autoloader. Uh, of course, the, the shooting part of it, uh, what we do in terms of, of reacting to a threat and that kind of thing are the same, but the, the manipulations are different. And what we found is that if we separate them out and, and have just a specific revolver class, that we actually manage to get through a lot more material because... Uh, well, this is a, a joke that I make, uh, and I'm so, only somewhat serious, but I tell them that we don't have to spend all of our time teaching the autoloader shooters how to, how to clear jams. Mm -hmm. And, of course, everybody laughs, laughs but um, – the, the the truth of the matter is is that is that it does take a little more time. The revolver is a, a slightly more difficult uh, uh, gun to learn how to use efficiently, and so breaking the revolver class out separately allows us to to really hone in on that stuff that that we have to do with the revolver, mastering that heavy trigger pull, and that sort of thing. And uh, students simply end up learning more. That's, you know, that's so interesting the way you, you phrase some of those things because, you know, generally people think, well, a revolver, that's the simple one, right? Because right. it's kind of point and click and the cylinder turns and, oh, there's your next fire or your next projectile. 
Well, I tell and I tell people this all the time. I think in, I even said it in the introduction in one of my books that the revolver is the easiest gun in the world to shoot. It's one of the most difficult guns in the world to shoot well. And so <laughs> a lot of people will, will buy it thinking, yeah, it's simple, great, all this sort of thing. But then they discover that they get out to the range and they can't hit the broadside of a barn. And so that's what this class is about, is, is teaching them how to deal with what is a simple device, but a difficult device to use. Grant, are you asking people to uh, start with a hammerless revolver or one with a hammer? Uh, for defensive purposes, I'm not a fan of, of having hammers on revolvers, or at least copy, cocking the revolver. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, a lot of people show up with hammers on the guns, but I don't teach them to cock it to single action, because that's not the way we're going to be using it in self-defense. It's, it's also a more difficult gun to manage when you cock the, the hammer, because now you have a very light, very short trigger much lighter much shorter than any auto loading pistol and now threat management becomes significantly more difficult uh, when you're trying to prevent actually shooting somebody when you're sitting there with with a cocked revolver so no i don't teach people to cock the gun i'm, I'm old school and i always thought that revolver was the best way to teach somebody uh for for new shooters because they're so simple and the jamming factor but uh I never thought about that, that that having a hammer on the gun could become a deterrent. Yeah, because if you're just at the range, that's the, kind of the natural thing, and it makes that cool click, click, click sound when it comes back, you know? Cheryl's <laughs> watched too many Westerns. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I, I should be whistling the theme from the good, the bad, and the ugly right Exactly, really exactly. Well, before we run out of time and have to run to commercial, which you are staying through commercial to chat with us longer, yes? Sure. Awesome. Um, what If you could say there's like one most important thing that people really need to understand about carrying a firearm on their person uh, for self-defense. I mean, I know that's like pick one. There's a bunch of important oh. things. Could you narrow it down to like one takeaway? Yeah, understand that the, that the lawfully carried firearm is a very efficient response tool for a very, very narrow range of incidents mm. and that the gun is not always the solution. If, you, if you've got the gun, you have to understand that it's not always the solution and that you also need to understand and practice other solutions as well. Oh, that's fantastic. And so then I guess the question is, do you need training? Is it necessary? Because here in Arizona... You know, the laws are different all over. Here in Arizona, we have what's called conceal, I mean, um, constitutional carry. So we say the Constitution is our carry license, you know, our, our firearms owning license. And so, you know, there is no training required. We can conceal carry without a special license. Um, we personally like to encourage people to get training. But what is your take on that? Is it is it absolutely necessary to have training in order to own a defensive firearm? Well, uh, uh, first of all, I'm a big fan of, of so-called constitutional carry. I wish we had it in our state, and I wish we had it around the United States. Uh, in general, though, I'm not a fan of government-mandated training because, frankly, we see how government-mandated yes. stuff usually ends up. Yes. And I'm not a fan of that, but I am a fan right. of people taking responsibility, being responsible gun owners, and acknowledging that 
A, they don't know everything that they need to know, and B, uh, making the responsible decision to actually go out and get trained. And I think that's very important because understanding when you can and cannot use lethal force is incredibly important. We see a lot of negative outcomes based on the 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 uh, the fact that people don't understand when it's appropriate to use lethal force and when it's not. Um, and so I think it's really important for the responsible to gun owner to take it upon themselves to go out and get trained. Uh, amen to that. And then there's always, you know, after the shooting, you can be sued civilly, even if you're not found liable, you know, uh, criminally. And it's just a big old bag of hammers. So I think that, you know, training and education and knowledge is just, uh, you, you can't emphasize it enough. I agree. Well, we are talking with Grant Cunningham. He is the author of his newest book, which implies he has a whole bunch of other books going on out there, uh, titled Protect Yourself with Your Snub Nose Revolver. Stick around. We've got much more to talk with him about on the other side of these messages. Hey, everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, engage, educate, and inform. Sponsored by AZ Firearms, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. We're talking with Grant Cunningham. He's the author of his newest book, Protect Yourself with Your Stubnose Revolver. Grant, are you still with us? I sure am. You know, we were talking about the... Um, uh, the need for self-defense. need for de- self-defense. For training for Tra- self-defense. Training. And I am a kind of guy... You know, I, I buy something, I put it together without using instructions, and I kind of <laughs> do everything without kind of training or anything. I just do it. But this is a little more serious than that. Uh, I think we, 
this is very important. And I, when we sell a gun, we talk to people, please get training. We have advised getting training before you buy your gun, just so it helps you figure out what kind of gun you want to buy and everything. So Yeah, so Dan's like, he's the kind of guy that if he didn't really know what he knows about firearms, that he would say, ah, I could just right, do it. Yeah, I'm good. I got the gun, so I got the fire, you know, the, the bullets. Yeah, but you know <laughs> so what? So I'm good to go. I, I was bad because I've been around guns all my life, and I, I pretty well know guns. I thought really well, and I went to one of those simulating uh, training video things, and I failed badly. So... <laughs> You know, it, it made me wake up even more, and so we do need the training. I don't care who you are, what you do. You can be an engineer. You can be a garbage man. It doesn't matter what you are. You need training. I, I agree totally. I think it's a really important for people to understand not just, not just where the bullets go in, but mm-hmm. what happens when the bullet com- bullets come out. Right. And, and that's, that's sort of the difference between that. Absolutely. So we spent all this time talking about, you know, self-defense tools, the gun, and then yet the theme of our show today is a title that I kind of swiped from you. I didn't kind of swipe. I flat out swiped she it. She took it. <laughs> that's, that's okay. I'm that. uh, of an article you wrote recently called The Fort Lauderdale Attack. It's not the gun again still. And you, you make the argument very precisely that the gun is neither the problem nor the solution. And I just thought that was so brilliant because I think as, as people are reading your article, if, if you're on the pro-gun side, at the first part of it, you might start feeling like a little tense. Like, well, what are you talking about? You know, what, you know, and then you get to that and it's like, oh, so if we want to say that the gun is not the problem, then we don't get to, you know, if we're intellectually honest, we don't get to say the gun is the solution. Is that right? That, that's right. And, I, and, the, and a lot of this comes down to when I look at situations like the Fort Lauderdale uh, attack, a horrendous attack, five people dead, and I, I forget how many wounded. And uh, a lot of people on our side come out and say, well, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Mm-hmm. And that's just, it's just demonstrably untrue. We have a lot of instances where people without guns took on uh, uh, shooting attackers and, and overcame them. And so I much prefer to say the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy or gal, period. Mm. Yes. And so it, you're right. If we, if we say that the gun is the only solution, then we, then we sort of have to accept that it's probably the only problem. And we know that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, so I prefer to look at it. What can we do in the face of an attack to reduce our attacker's ability to pose a lethal threat to us? And that might include the firearm, but it, it might not. It might include other things. We might not have that firearm with us. We might be precluded mm-hmm. from carrying that firearm because of laws or, or procedures or regulations or something. And so I, I think we need to go back and look at how we teach people to fight and how we teach people to protect themselves well, and we we start with this idea do anything that you can to to reduce the risk well we you know we in the training we're supposed to be taught that the gun is the last defense you you if you can do it without using a gun then naturally you're supposed to do that so it's i i know these people think that okay you carry a gun the first thing that comes up you're going to pull the gun out and use it and that's not how it works if we can stop a problem without a gun we're going to do that even though we're carrying a gun with us 
Yeah, you know, we, we always talk about uh, uh, de-escalation sort of as, the, as one of the first tools. And when we're dealing with uh, that one-on-one, that, uh, the, you know, that particularly that social violence, uh, we talk about de-escalation as a technique. And we talk about avoidance as a technique. We talk about reducing uh, your, your victim profile, the, you, you know, your pro, the, the profile that you have as you go through life. We talk about all those things. And all of those things are part of self-defense. We don't think of them a lot of times, but all those things are part of self-defense, and they are all things that we do before we draw the gun. Uh, again, we get back to what is what is the lawfully carry firearm for? It's to protect ourselves against an immediate, otherwise unavoidable um, threat of death or grave bodily harm to ourselves or other innocent people. That's its its role, and it's when we sort of get beyond that, that's when as uh, my friend Claude Warner calls them, negative outcomes occur when we, when people start using their gun, you know, for, for parking space violations or something. Right. Right. Amen to that. And so you're, um, you know, you're not talking about the political realm when you say, you know, the whole thing about it's not the gun. I don't, I don't think, I think you're talking about, you know, don't just find your mindset being blank, you know, victim mode if you do find yourself in need of self-defense and don't have the firearm, is that maybe exactly. a little? Exactly. I, from a from a political standpoint, you know, I don't do politics uh, uh, at all. And from a political standpoint, I think everyone should should be allowed to uh, to own a own a firearm. Uh, you know, assuming that they're not convicted felons, right? Or that kind right. Of, thing. of course. Um, uh, but at the same time, I think that we need to understand that the that self-defense goes beyond just shooting bad guys. And so taking us into the airport at Fort Lauderdale. So obviously nobody has a firearm except the bad guy on that right. day in this scenario. And so what what would they have been able to do if they were going to fight back? You know, one of the interesting things about that that attack is that we have really good surveillance video of what happened the moment he he opened fire, and we have really really good interviews with some of the victims who were there. And one of the things that that strikes me, and, and first of all, understand that I'm not blaming any of the people that no. were there. They made they made whatever decision they made. Of course not. What I want to do is give them the tools so they can make better decisions. Yes. And what we see in that scenario is a lot of people literally standing there watching him shoot other people. Mm. And we have firsthand accounts. Uh, one guy says he was standing over me and shooting people. Uh, one lady said that she was standing next to him and she could smell the, the gunpowder from every round that he fired as, as he was shooting. Mm. And after all that, the guy shoots five people, wounds however many more, and walks out literally without a scratch on him. What I want to do is look at those people and say, okay, what could you have done? Mm-hmm. Uh, you have people behind him with, with the, you know, those heavy roll-around carry-on bags mm-hmm. uh, that everybody tries to stuff in the overhead compartments. <laughs> okay, why, why didn't somebody behind him, like, take a couple of steps forward and swing the thing at his head? Yeah, like and, a bat. Yeah, like that. Um, situation is solved. Why didn't the guy who was on the ground as he was standing over and grab his ankles and, and yank his feet out from under him. Uh, a lot of it is because we've conditioned people, and this is both people who are non-gun owners and people who are gun owners, that the gun is is just so dangerous, it shoots itself, it, it, it's, you know, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun, and it precludes us from looking at it from other standpoints. What can I do to stop this guy from shooting people? Um, does that mean I tackle him? Okay, great, tackle him. Do something. Um, 
well, they, what we need to give per- people permission to fight. Grant, I, I kind of have a little bit of an opinion on that. I, I think that people are in shock. They're, they're not conditioned to think that something's going to go wrong. If they knew that something was going to go wrong sometime in their life, and they were trained for that, uh, just to mm-hmm. be aware, it, just to be aware of the situation, then they may have reacted differently than not expecting anything, this happened, oh, I got to set myself in a little corner and just watch. Exactly. And I think and that's I, the point of what he's saying. Exactly, yeah. yeah, right. Go ahead, yeah. Grant. Yeah, I think that's exactly the point. Uh, when, like I said, we need to give permission, we need to give people permission uh, essentially to fight again. We've been through how many generations now of teaching our children that it, it's it's bad to fight, it's bad even to defend yourself, mm. uh, as we know in a lot of schools are taught that way. We need to get back to teaching people, okay, first of all, it's okay to defend yourself, it's okay to fight, it's okay to hurt other people if it saves your life. Mm. And we need to start with that. And then we need to teach people what they can do. And I'm uh, very much in favor of the, the courses that are coming out now, a lot of them are free, about how to deal with um, uh, you know, active shooters, active attackers, including fighting back. And I think that's a that, that's a good thing. I think when people get used to the idea of fighting back, get used to the idea that they can protect themselves and, the, and that they can use things in their environment to do so, that's when the people don't stand around and sort of stare because they're in shock. They have a plan, they know what's going on, uh, and they know ahead of time the things that they can do. Well, and I- that's all important. I have never been in a situation like that, praise God. <laughs> but I I feel like just the way that I grew up and, and think about things is that I would be quick to want to act. But if I'm the only one acting, then that's going to not go necessarily well. I mean, it could, depending on maybe I'm the guy behind him hitting him in the head with the, the uh, carry-on bag. But... You know, if we could put the thought process back into society that we do have permission to fight and to save our lives, then more people might have that instinct to move forward um, towards the threat. Uh, but I, I don't know how to do that other than great articles like yours uh, kind of posing the question out there and getting people to start thinking about things. You know, I think it really takes one good person like you in the crowd. Well, and, and the that. reason I say that is because if, if we take go back to, to, to 9-11, we all remember the, 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 what happened on 9-11, and you remember the plane that was over the, the countryside in, what, Pennsylvania or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. Um, one guy said, okay, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's take care of these people, and, and a whole bunch of people followed him and, exactly. and did it. So I think it takes one guy in the environment to say, okay, I'm going to do something. Mm-hmm. And then that sort of gives everybody else that social permission to do things. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think it's it's that one good person like you who's in the crowd who does something and encourages other people to do it. Well, and good writers like you that pose interesting and thought-provoking questions. Um, so I do appreciate your work because you reach so many people with your books and with your articles. And uh, if you want to learn more about Grant, you can go to his website, grantcunningham.com. Again, he just wrote a brand new book to add to his list of fine books called Protect Yourself with Your Snub Nose Revolver. And twice a month, you can go to his webcast called Training Talk on the Personal Defense Network. Grant, thank you so much for the excellent work that you do, uh, the lives that you touch 
Uh, you know, you could train somebody who then influences somebody else who has a conversation with another person, and then they are the good person that, that acts in a, um, in a setting like we're talking about. So, you know, what you do is so important. Grant, I want to know what you drink and eat to have that great radio voice because <laughs> I want it too. It's true. You do. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, it, it's funny. I, uh, someone once said that I've got a face for radio, which is maybe <laughs> it. Uh, I, quite frankly, uh, right at the moment, iced tea. That's that's, that's, that's what I've got job. with me right now, and it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you do have an awesome radio voice, and again, thank you so much for all you do, Grant Cunningham. Thank you, Cheryl. I appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Bye bye now. All right, well, stick around because we have coming up a whole bunch of great people. But next is a guy that is on the front lines of what is going on in California, the fight for their gun rights, for our gun rights, What, no matter what state you're in. Rick Travis, Programs Director of the California Rifle and Pistol Association. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. AZFirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment. Staffed by knowledgeable people. AZFirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit AZFirearms.com. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf.org. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Potty Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at pottygoldestate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Cogger sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And uh, we are pre-recording today, as we said. Today, when we're sitting in the studio, is Thursday, the 26th of January. But when you're hearing this on Saturday, uh, January 28th, the reason that we're pre-recording is because we're going to be, or we will be, or are right now. It's so weird when we have to do the time thing. Right, Dan? Yep. <laughs> we're like got to flash forward. What and she's trying to say is we're having an auction thank today. Thank you. <laughs> Land okay. the plane, yeah. right? Just get to the point. So, yes, we are having an auction at 215 East Western Avenue in Avondale, which is our 
our store, right? We have a, a retail store, AZ Firearms. We've got the auction house, Pot of Gold Auctions, and they work synergistically together, but they're two separate businesses. Well, the auction house uh, is jam-packed right at this moment with all kind of awesome people buying up all kind of awesome stuff. And uh, we have one of those auctioneers that does the humming, 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 a sold thing. And no, it's not me because <laughs> that Thank was my you. best effort. Thank you for that. <laughs> and it's not Dan either. Thank you for that. Yeah, no doubt. I uh, would be like, uh, who give me um, five? Five, was five it five? Dollars. Is it? Yeah, I don't know where uh, I'm at. Uh, where, wait, let's go back. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we have uh, the illustrious Noah Ellert, who is our auctioneer, and he just for ten years. For ten years, that is amazing. Because I think he was like five when we started. But um, honestly, it's a great. Uh, we're a family business, and it's great to be able to work <laughs> with friends and family and be able to grow. A business and survive so many of the things that come along. Um, you know, I mean, just the other day, it's you know, we just gotten to sleep and the alarm company calls. And so we got to go down and check and make sure, you know, is it a break in? Is it, you know, just a, a blip with the alarm, which is thank God what it turned out to be. But one night, a couple years ago, we get the call at 4 a.m. and it was actually, you know, an SUV had lost control and slammed through the front of our uh, gun shop. So, you know, how do you find a please patch up this garage door size hole in my wall dot com place to come in and fix that in 430 in the morning? It's, you know, it's just the stuff you go through in business that I guess makes the rewards all that much richer. Right. But we had a guest. Are you trying to locate this guest? Yes, we have uh, Rick Travis of the California Rifle and Pistol Association. And we're just having a little trouble connecting on the phone right now. So um, I don't know if that's going to end up happening today. I think we're just going to reschedule him. So so let's go back in time. Okay. Let's go back. Wait, we were just forward in time. We're going to go back in time. Now we're going to go back in time? We're going to go back to November 2008. We're going back to 2008. (laughs) Remember when Obama was elected? You remember that day, Cheryl? Uh, yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. I totally remember. It was awesome. Well, in in 2008, there was about 129,000 gun shops and millions of gun owners. Okay? Does that make sense to you? Okay. They all knew Obama was an anti-gun person. They knew that he had was going to elect people in his cabinet that were anti-gun. Did they know what Eric Holder was going to do? Nope, but he did. Right. We didn't riot. We didn't cry on national TV. I see where you're going here. We did not damage other people's property. Hmm. You know what we did? What did we do? I know what I did. What did you do? Fought back. You fought back. With my business. I fought back with learning how to beat and fight for our rights without doing damage to a Starbucks window or burning a limousine or kicking um, vending machines down. I did it with my head and I fought for what was right for us without having to hurt innocent people's property. Hmm. And I think that 129,000 other gun shops did the same thing. We survived. We didn't crumble over and cry. 
We did what we had to do to make our business work. Now, by doing that, by not giving up, by not crying, we in turn got the best salesman of the century. Obama was the best salesman we have ever had. That's President Obama. We can be respectful. <laughs> but he was the I best salesman. I haven't ate dinner yet, okay? No, look. Here's the deal. He did help gun sales. He did it by putting fear in people, which is bad. I don't want to run a business with fear. Right. I want to run a business with healthy, good environment, people enjoying what they're doing and not running afraid to buy a gun. And there was two times that we ran out of inventory. There was two times that prices of guns went sky high. And ammo. And we couldn't get it. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, those days are gone now. We're going to have four years, hopefully eight years, of people having to be able to have their rights and not have to go fear buy a gun. And we're seeing it. We're at the SHOT Show this week. 800,000 people, smiles on their faces, positive, charged, ready to do the next business deal. We have customers that walk in our store right now that say, I don't have to buy that gun today, but I want it. And I'm going to buy it because now the people that I work for are telling me that jobs are going to be better. There is hope for them. There is hope right now. Now, I know there's people that feel like the end of the world's going to happen real soon. Well, didn't we feel that way when we saw we did. this un- inexperienced, you know, senator from New York, you know, junior senator from New York? We were thinking, what on earth is going on here? And what is the world going to look like in the next four years? And then when he got reelected, another four years, we were very concerned. But like you said, it, we used it to make ourselves smarter and stronger. Right. Look at the stock market. The stock market is based on growth of businesses. It's by how strong businesses are. It's at a record high. It's 20,000. It's up 20,000 points right now. Or it, it is 20,000. It's never happened before. Uh, during the uh, oh, President Obama's administration, stock market did rise, but it also went down quite a bit. And, you know, it's early. We don't know what Trump's going to do, but he is sending a positive message out there that things are going very good. And I, as a business, know that I'm going to invest in my business more than I would have pre-November. We're thinking about building onto our property we were on the brakes were on for a year because we didn't know where we were going. Now we know that we've got four years of positive growth. So we're going to build on. So my message is to the rioters out there. Chill out. Relax. Give it a chance. Okay. You know, the other thing is the people that broke the Starbucks window. Yeah. How do they even know that those people that own that business may not like Trump either. So you're taking and well, destroying... Well, Starbucks corporate donated to Hillary. Right. So you're, you're destroying property. And the other thing, too, you know, these are individual people. The managers are owners of these stores. They have to get up in the middle of the night. They have to find somebody to fix their window. They have to find somebody to secure the building. It's a nightmare. Okay? It is a total nightmare. Let's have respect for our fellow Americans. And let's boy, there's res- a novel idea. Right, let's respect their property, and um, well, so here's the thing. So, like you're saying, 
I'm Starbucks manager, right? And I have employees that rely on X number of hours a week for X number of dollars in their paycheck so that they can pay their bills. And, and then the taxes that come out of those paychecks help people who can't work. Right. Right. And so now for however long they're going to be limping along or out of commission while things get repaired. These people are the ones you're really hurting. This doesn't hurt Trump. What are you thinking? And so when you say, you know, you're kind of talking to the rioters as though they're frustrated citizens, the people that are all dressed like a ninja and stuff. I don't know what's going on there. I think that's a little bit more organized that's more like an anarchist kind of uh let's just create fear and destruction in our pathway and there's no there's no logical argument that you and i are going to be able to have with those people right and they said that uh you know there's a lot of fake news news going out there so it's hard to say but there are rumors going around that these rioters were actually organized and paid well and paid by who because i heard one story on cnn which i'm starting to call the questionable news network and i know that questionable starts with a Q, but I'm being clever. So I thought it was a cartoon news network. (laughs) Well, it could be that. And they've earned the reputation. I'm not picking on them. I think they've earned the reputation. I heard one report that they were trying to say that because a couple of the people that got arrested had nearly a hundred or nearly a thousand dollars in cash in their pocket, that they clearly were paid by the Trump campaign. And this was some kind of a subterfuge. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, how insulting is that? Right. Like, so a thousand dollars cash. I know it's like, so if you have, you know, and nearly a thousand. So what is that? Is it maybe like two or three hundred bucks? And they just kind of kept rounding up because they are the questionable news network. And if you have cash at all, then you had to have been paid by the the Republican side, the Trump side. I mean, it's just so insulting when you just start breaking it down. It's like, let's just not. okay? let's just not go there. But I I remember when the the day that. President Obama was inaugurated. Mm-hmm. Two guys walked into my store and just looked at me and said, snickered at me and said, what are you going to do now that Obama is president? And they were obviously o- Obama supporters. Sure. And then they walked out the store. You know, it really gave me a, um, I, I, I was glad they did that. But at the time, it really gave me an empty feeling in my stomach. And I go, what am I going to do now? Well, I thought about that all day long. And they gave me the strength by saying, I'm not going to be defeated by a president that doesn't have the same beliefs as I do. What I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to congressmen. I'm going to start my own radio show, whatever we have to do to fight this the way that it's supposed to be done. Yeah. I'm not going to go bomb somebody or shoot somebody. I'm going to fight a way that I can win. Not Because by rioting, you don't win. By destroying other people's property, you don't win. Um, James, I told you, not now. Not now. You go back in the other room. You know, he likes to get out. He just likes to get out. Now, you know, that wasn't your commentary, but it just really lent itself, I think, to to James coming in and punctuating it. It's embarrassing to know that my fellow Americans... You know, I, I have a family of people. They're Americans. And we have some that are, believe this, some that believe that. But to see them destroy other people's property is an embarrassment to me. I feel like the Indian in the old commercial where the people were littering and he had a tear in his eye. Mm-hmm. I had a tear in my eye when I saw those 
the rioters doing that? Because they're American. There are we are all like, is one. there a, a more constructive way that you can do it? protest all you want, but don't riot. That is the right. most <clears throat> useless and it's just a waste of everybody's resources. Right. And if you're going to stop a vehicle from going and doing to work or that kind of thing, right, then uh, I'm sorry, but they need to put a special plow on those trucks that say rioters here and just plow through them because you do not have a right to stop people from producing in this country. Do I need to call James back in? No. You you don't have a right, though. (laughs) I agree with you. Okay. And the answer to those guys' question about, okay, what you're going to do now because, you know, your president um, candidate didn't win. What we did now is we sold a bunch of firearms. That's what we did. But we didn't run. You know, some people might have tucked their tails in and closed the door and said, okay, that's enough. Mm -hmm. And and this was a big power that was against us. I mean, just like the people feel with Trump, but it's not over. We have to do some adjusting. Right. All right. We've got to wrap up, but uh, that was good. I hate that we didn't get Rick on, but that was awesome. So be sure and stick around through the commercials because we have our second hour jam-packed right after this. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Pot of Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at potofgoldestate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Collier sent you. Hey, ladies. Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit Visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Hi, I'm Bob Main. Now that you have your concealed carry license, I think you and I probably both know that that class probably wasn't really training. Have you ever thought about getting some training beyond your concealed carry license? Well, that's why Ben Branham and I decided to call our classes Beyond Concealed Carry. We're going to teach you how to move and shoot, how to shoot one-handed, even how to shoot and make hits without the use of your sights. And if that's something for you and you think you'd like to take advantage of that, as a Self-Defense Radio Network listener, you can get nice discounts on the classes and the subsequent video programs for reinforcement. All you have to do is visit the listener discount page at selfdefenseradio.net and put in the password SDRN, all lowercase. Again, the listener discount page in all lowercase, S-D-R-N. Hope to see you at a class soon. 